Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Carter comes up shooting. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! Welcome to Toronto Sport Matters podcast number, oh, what are we on? 85. 85, Greg. There we go. I am with Gregory Euroshottis. Christian Graffin will be joining me in the second and third quarter. How are you doing, buddy? I am super on this Tuesday, if you know what I mean. Uh, some Bernie Sanders uh, propaganda. Feel I'm feeling the burn. You, you feel the burn deep, deep down? Deep, deep down, down in the groin area? <laughs> Well, the interesting and what Buttigieg uh, dropped Buttigieg. out, yeah, and, and of course he, because the Democratic elites are 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 trying to put their finger on the scales again, obviously, to stop Bernie from winning the election, although uh, or the nomination, I should say, although that would definitely give them the best chance of beating Trump because Sanders pulls best against Trump, but it's just so unfathomable that a man like him could get the nomination, so they well, have to put all their support behind well, Bernie's, sleepy Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders was your backup to Beto O'Rourke, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who, who also now is throwing support behind Biden. The whole Democratic establishment is trying to stop Bernie. And I don't even think it's going to work. Alrighty, enough with the politics. Let's get to the topic at hand, and that is basketball. Specifically, Toronto Raptors basketball. The team has not been uh, on a great tear lately. Uh, we obviously had that incredible uh, win streak, and now we have dropped three consecutive games. This is very unfamiliar territory for Raptors fans. We're not really familiar with the idea of losing. Uh, I think. Whoa, two- whoa, whoa, whoa! I mean, we kind of are going back, but <laughs> not like, recently. Not w- not within the last <laughs> yeah. decade or so. Yeah, um, I say five, six years. Five, yeah. six years. The Mopede uh, Alvin Williams era. It's long gone, long gone in the past. Goodbye, Keon Clark. Hello, good times. Not right now, though. Unfortunately. <laughs> So um, I can excuse the Bucks and Nuggets losses. Those are two incredible teams. But, you know, the Hornets loss sandwiched in between those losses was probably the more troubling one. Um, really? Greg, what are your takeaways from this sort of three-game slide? A Anything, bit- any positives, any glaring negatives? What do, what do you got from me, Sunshine? So I kind of have the, the exact opposite feeling in that the... Like, the Milwaukee game wasn't was a great test. We were a bit undermanned. We came out... Great defensive performance. Well, and I was going to say, like we we came out uh, uh, with a real purpose and 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 defended very well and kind of took the fight to them. They were on a second night of a back to back. They had just played an overtime game, um, and then something actually happened. 
Uh, and it happened in the third quarter. Our friend Jack alluded to it that it might have something to do with the fact that all the people in the lower bowl uh, couldn't make their way back to their seats until the six-minute mark of the third. So our team came out very lackluster, uh, not a lot of energy. And you know, actually, Brandon, this could have been something I could have griped about this week. It pissed me off so much because we see it a lot, right? Where the people at the bottom, uh, you know, are just uh, uh, willing to schmooze at halftime and they're missing like a good chunk of the game because they don't really give a fuck because they get their tickets for free or it doesn't mean as much to them or they're not real fans or they're, they're there just to say that they were there. It's like a, a, a mingling thing. Uh, but after that is actually when our energy dropped. And Milwaukee got stronger. Uh, we we were, you know, we made a good push at the end. Couldn't quite do it. I I think that you have to be fair though. In that Milwaukee game, we were missing Marcus All and we were missing Norman Powell. And the way that Powell's been playing, and he you know seems to really like playing against the Bucks. So you know you gotta you gotta kind of uh, uh, take it with that in mind too that we were not at full strength. I think that it's too much to ask for Ibaka to do all the playmaking that he was asked to do in that game, right? Like, the Bucks' interior defense is so solid, man. Like, their size is just ridiculous. Moving on to the Charlotte Hornets. We lost 99-96. Um, interesting enough, Charlotte was out the service of Malik Monk, former first-round pick Malik Monk, who was suspended for the duration of the season for substance abuse issues. Nonetheless, we, oh, lost, against two, we lost against the Hornets... Um, just a great performance all around from her starting five. Terry Rogier, DeMonte Graham, 18 points apiece. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on the Hornets team, especially losing to them? Because that's probably one of the most maligned organizations in the NBA right now, and obviously Toronto's yeah. a powerhouse. So what were your takeaways from that game? It was kind of, Look, it's kind of expected, though, after you lose a game like the Milwaukee game where you had so much uh, emotion invested in that game that the next game uh, against a team that, you know, you know you can kind of turn it on and off against, that that was a risk. Like, you know, we could have won that game. It was very close. Um, you know, so that game actually, you know, that's going to happen, especially after such a letdown against Milwaukee, where you just couldn't get up for a game like that. So I'm... Uh, I can kind of I can take that. This team's been very consistent all year. I think as a fan, you can give them one or two like that. And you know, we still probably should have won the game in the end. So, alrighty, and going down to Sunday night, one thirty three, one eighteen, big loss to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, um, very impressive performance from OG Ananobi. That game dropped. Oh, oh yeah, a career high thirty two point seven rebounds, three assists in forty minutes, and seven um, steals. It's interesting this game seven though. Seven steals. The one I'm noticing right now from this game is that there are three players. Four players, actually, all playing about 38 minutes. So we didn't really depend much on the bench that game. Um, what are your takeaways from that? Nuggets Again, are pretty like, good, eh? Well, honestly, I thought we are... I think we're actually better than Denver. I think that if we had a center... Like, this is, this is the same thing that happened, actually, in the Charlotte game. Like, you have to remember, we didn't have a Baca or Gasol. And as much as we love Chris Boucher, like... like or, or, or uh, Hollis Jefferson, like these guys just aren't, you know, you don't have to be a traditional center, but you have to have some ability to bang like in the post, right? Like we're just getting destroyed in there. And honestly, it's not so much the rebounding, it's the rim protection. Like we we have no inside, and it's not even like 
blocking shots, but just to have a big body that deters people from just like laying the ball up when they beat their their defender, right? Do you see us making any sort of moves come buyout season? You know, guys like Tristan Thompson get tossed around. Tristan Do you think Thompson it's necessary? Would be interesting. Uh, he'd be an interesting pickup, mm-hmm. but. Again, right? Like, I, you know, we had this conversation. It's why I was disappointed at, at the trade deadline. And it's not, look, long term, it's, pro- they, I mean, these guys probably know what they're doing there, right? Like, long term, uh, it's probably best not to make a move. We got some young pieces that we'd have to give up if we were going to get back anything in, in significance that would help us. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, like, I would be willing to sacrifice some depth to get another, like, impact player. Because well, the buyout market, Eh. Well, there, there. If you look at the Raptors out of five, there's one guy that really sticks out to me. He's been incredible this season, and that's former Detroit Pistons first round pick Henry Ellenson. Keep in mind, we're not talking about a prototypical rim protector, but this is a guy who can play the four, maybe the five. He's a big man, big Shot man, blogger. Yeah, forty five percent from three on seven attempts currently in the G League. Twenty three points per game, eight point seven rebounds, three point four assists. Again, he's playing in the G League, but if we can get him. Come crunch time, another big stretch four or five guy can drain the open shot. It does provide our offense another. At look. this at this point though, like they're not like we're so we have to be like we shouldn't be really trying to make any big changes to anything that we're doing at this point. We need to solidify what we're good at and and build proper habits, right? Um, and that's why I was so happy when they came out and like whooped the Pacers after the All-Star break because it showed like, wow, okay, these guys are serious. They know that this is really when the season starts. After the All-Star break this is when you have to get yourself in gear. I, I think that, that any young player having a big role moving forward, like I don't see it outside of maybe Terrence Davis. Um, you know, Abaka and Gasol are kind of being rested. I, I thought it was I don't know what actually happened with Ibaka, but I thought it was interesting how after the Milwaukee game and he had a bad shooting game, he just like wasn't like uh, he just didn't play the next couple of games. And I wonder because I know the Raptors do this like when guys are out, like they work with them, right? And that's why they all come back better shooters. But uh, you know, the benefit to having these guys out right now for the Raptors is that teams can't really scheme ahead for us because they haven't played us as a full team yet. So when the playoffs come around, assuming that we're all healthy, we have like an X factor in that we can look different ways and teams don't really have a good scouting report. That on was us. a big thing Nick Nurse was mentioning on um first or um Tony Kronheiser, what's that show I'm thinking? Pardon about? the interruption. Pardon the interruption. That's what doomed the, the the winning streak, man. When Nick Nurse went on Pardon the Interruption, it doomed <laughs> the winning streak. Alrighty, game tonight, 9 p.m. We have the Toronto Raptors and the Phoenix Suns. What would you like to see from the Raptors tonight to Brandon, and this three games. I know, I know we're gonna get to that, and it's funny because me and you were talking about what we wanted to talk about in the fourth quarter. Do you remember on pardon the interruption? Okay, the way that Tony Kornheiser was talking to Nick Nurse, right? He's like, what did he say to him? He's like, oh, up until last year, I, never I had no idea heard. who you were. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that you existed. So, right? And he asked him like the same question like several times, like, how are you able to do this? Well, Greg, an esteemed member of the journalism community, is allowed to make said remarks to some. What is what does Nick Nurse accomplish? Just an NBA championship in his first season? Yeah, coach, right. No, know? Tony Kornheiser <laughs> is the definition of like like American bias and like blind spots, right? Like yeah. he waves that that fucking Canadian flag every day at the end of the show solely for ratings, right? Like and you know what? I just wanted to scream I wanted to scream at him like 
What are you surprised about? The team's been winning upwards of 50 games for like five years. Like, like you must really not just watch basketball. This shouldn't be a surprise to you. Schmuck. But, but he's shocked. He's Alrighty. shocked. What do you got tonight? Any predictions? Anything you like to see? We're all, uh, well, you know what? Like, they got Devin Booker. They they uh, they got Aiden back playing, but it, it, it honestly it depends if 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 Ibaka's back and playing because we're vulnerable, man. Like like small ball, you know, you have to have the right pieces. Like the reason that the Rockets can make it work is because they have the talent that they have, right? And they have a, a really thick dude in PJ Tucker to kind of at least box out. Thick dude. Well, he's he can box out. That's the point. But even last night, right? They like they lose to. Uh, the Knicks. He has uh, Tucker has no points, right? Um, yeah. Shout we, out to we, RJ Barrett, twenty-seven sh- last night. Yeah, he played great. But no, we should win tonight. Like we should beat. You know, the Raptors uh, don't really go on long losing streaks, right? They've been, and that's the thing about this team, right? Like they're consistent. They are consistent. They're consistent with their effort and their mentality. So you don't expect them to drop a fourth. Alrighty, guys, we'll be back in a second with Christian Graffin for quarter number two. Alrighty, we are back for the second quarter. We are recording this on the phone for the first time because we hate each other. Graf, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. Uh, yeah, you really smell, man. That's why I had to get away from you. Sorry. It's my bo. I I, I don't bathe. Um, my my father actually never let me bathe growing up. He didn't believe in soap. So here I am recording. Uh, where are you recording right now? What room are you in? Your home? I am in uh, well, the nursery, the future nursery, as they call it. The home of Baby Bridge, the future baby of Christian Graffin. Yeah, we'll see. We don't know the name because we don't know the sex. So, I think I think Bridge is pretty like gender neutral. Well, there's lots of great but, names out there, but like like diarrhea for Charlie. example would be great if it didn't mean diarrhea, right? <laughs> I don't know. There's there's fantastic um, point. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe right. maybe Kawhi after last year, but he left. No, I gotta think. I gotta think on my toes here. Another gender gender neutral name, Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi, Kawhiette, whatever. Kawhiette, exactly. Alrighty, so we're talking about general NBA news. Uh, the first one I want to bring up was a lot of people are kind of skeptical about the Houston Rockets acquisition of Robert Covington at the trade deadline, flipping Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks. People are kind of skeptical of the small ball focus. Um, clearly you're seeing it pay dividends right now. The exception that lost the New York Knicks, they strung together six wins in a row after trading for Covington. What is your impression of this team in comparison to the elite of the Western conference? You got the Lakers, you got the Clippers. How do the Rockets stack up? I think they look pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was one of those, I am still one of those skeptical people, but they, they, they've seemed to to have done well. Um, it seems like a lot of analysts are saying that they're, they're doing well only because, it's the regular season and uh, in the playoffs, it's going to hurt them. But I tend to think that that's just them kind of like backtracking on them saying that it's not going to be good in the the first place. Cause I don't know. I mean, PJ Tucker is a great solid center and we, we kind of saw it with the Raptors last night with, um, with the Suns too, right. With OG playing center recently, like you don't need a big guy. You need someone strong like that. That's the key. And they run out hard. So it's weird. Like the Rockets right now, even their team three three point percentage is like thirty five, but they just take so many and essentially clog the lane that forces the other team to also be a three point shooting team, which they're not usually comfortable with. Again, the playoffs, we'll see what happens. But so far, I mean, it, it's looked great. And Covington himself specifically, I've always been a huge Covington fan. I think they gave up 
quite a bit, obviously, for with Clint Capella. But, but man, Covington's fit in really, really well so far. He's hit threes. He's played defense hard. He's done everything they've sort of asked for. How about you? I think the, uh, the biggest benefactor from this is probably when Russell Westbrook, he's been playing great so far the season, yep, but yep. after this trade, you know, it's unlocked so much, you know, so much more, you know, like the, the, the passing lanes are open, you know, more pat, easy path to the basket, uh, rebounding, obviously as a point guard, um, you know, it's, it's crazy to say this, but, you know, I used to think that Russell Westbrook was stuck in the mud, you know, taking those like five to seven terrible shots per game, but he seems like a rejuvenated Russell Westbrook. Like he is legitimately one of the top point guards in the league, not based on stats, but what he's doing on the court and how he's impacting the people around him. Absolutely. I mean, in the first half of the season, it was James Harden that sort of carried them in the last sort of 10 games. In my opinion, it's been Westbrook. I mean, he's been absolutely, I don't know what's Harden seems to have great games sometimes now he's not as consistent as he was in the beginning of the year. And I think teams have just sort of picked up on some of the things that he's doing, but like reliable old Westbrook, so to speak, like, again, like his efficiency isn't the greatest, but as long as he attacks the rim, which is what he's absolutely best at and doesn't shoot as much, Mm -hmm. he's, he's a very big problem. But again, we saw that this is the reason why people are skeptical about them in the playoffs though. Right. Because we talk about Lakers, right. Talk about AD Dwight Howard, even Javali McGee as a offensive rebounder, you know, they have so much length and size. Like, how are they going to compete with a, like a big, lengthy, lengthy team? Like if they face the Bucs in the finals, for example, you know, Giannis would just go to town on them. <clears throat> you would think again, like there's enough ways to throw double teams at everyone. I get the Lakers would be an issue in my mind because of their length. They have length all over the place, but I don't know. They seem to figure it out. And they, again, their offense is like I said, they're 19th right now in three point field goals, but they're first in three point three-pointers made in a, in a game because they just take so many and force the other team to do the same and, and play keep up. Um, but again, like again, if, if you have a JaVale McGee out there or you have a Dwight Howard out there, you could really only play one of those two, I think, with Anthony Davis because of how fast and the pace of the play that would be, again, they're fourth in pace right now in the league. Like They push the ball hard, specifically Westbrook. So you're right. Maybe they give up a little bit more in the size, but as long as their offensive is cl- their offense is clicking, I think that's like the goal of this whole small ball lineup thing. It's just to have so much overwhelming offense that the other team basically has to switch their offense up to keep up. Right. So moving down the list, another topic I want to bring up, and we just kind of mentioned them quickly. Um, there seems to be some sort of beef perpetuated by James Harden toward Giannis and Tentacupo. He uh, had a quote in the interview this week. He was saying, uh, when it's all said and done, they'll appreciate it more, said Harden, about the way he plays. But I wish I could just run. I was seven foot tall and run at his dunk. Like, that takes no skill at all. I've had to actually learn how to play basketball and how to have skill. You know, I take that any day. What do you think about that quote? What do you think about the Harden-Giannis comparison? And do you think Harden has something valid to say in the situation, considering, you know, Giannis does have, you know, half a foot, on more or less absolutely not no i think i think harden's bitter from the all-star game comments um i think it's pretty obvious that when Giannis said i'm going to take someone who actually passes and then he didn't take harden um that kind of irked him if you saw the rest of the interview like he he mentioned that um he mentioned the fact that he has more assists per game than kimba walker um he thinks it's crazy that people think he doesn't pass again like he James Harden thinks he's one of the more underrated players and he thinks he's the best player in the NBA. So I don't know. I I don't think it's like a, 
I don't think it's too malicious of a thing again to go specifically against Giannis. I think it was more of like what I do is harder to do than Giannis does because he's so athletically gifted. But again, like there are tons of people who are, I think Giannis is 6'11", really. Like there are tons of people who are that height who just have not been able to do nearly what he's doing. Like his per this year is the highest in NBA. It's one of the highest in NBA history. It's like 31, 32, I think, or it was 35 earlier. Like what he does in the amount of minutes that he has per game, like 30 points and 14 rebounds and six assists as well. It's crazy. And plus he's the best defender in the league. Like everyone forgets that. Maybe go. That's it it for me. That's it for me right there. The defensive side, the amount of effort he puts in. Like, I don't think James is in any position to talk about, you know, com- compared to value or skill, because Giannis brings it every single game on the defensive side. Harden, you know, obviously is not the most competent defender in the NBA as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting comment. Another thing I want to bring up really quickly. Uh, so good and bad in the city of New York. Good, they hired Leon Rose, former uh, agent Leon Rose, who has a pretty big Rolodex of clients, sign on as a new president of the New York Knicks. Bad news, probably the biggest face of Knicks basketball, Spike Lee, uh, basically stated that he is refusing to show up to any games for the duration of the season based on the fact that, from my understanding, he had a spat with the Madison Square Garden official who refused him entrance to a uh, entrance way that he typically walks through to go to the games. Um, and then from that situation, I think Spike stated that, and the New York Knicks had some very passive-aggressive rebuttal on their social media page, probably perpetuated by James Dolan because he has a very fragile psyche when it comes to criticism. <laughs> what do you? Th- what are your takeaways from this? Obviously, it's pr- pretty good that they got Rose as their, you know, uh, as their president, sort of similar to what, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know, what the Golden State Warriors were doing for their GM or for their president, rather. Uh, is this a smart move to hire an agent as your president of basketball operations? Uh, I do think it's smart. Again, there's precedent in the league right now with Golden State and some other teams that have done a great job with it. Um, no, I don't. I think honestly, I think Leon Rose is a great hire. Um, I think James Dolan's a terrible owner, but. And I think the fact that they've had, what, three presidents now in the last, like, three or four years is showcasing that a lot, and not to mention the Spike Lee incident. But Leon Rose specifically, again, an agent of 25 years. He coached before that. He's a smart guy. Again, uh, I think he has some things to do. He has to figure out what he's going to do with his coach. I think that they have a lot to do with the roster right now. Um, So he's going to be overseeing that. But – there's also some interesting things. Again, the whole rebranding, because they didn't just hire Leon Rose. It was also like Wesley Williams, like Worldwide West is what he's known as, basically is is also very going to be heavily involved with the Knicks. And then Steve Stout as well. These are all people who are linked to LeBron James. So again, there's conspiracy that, you know, maybe LeBron, after he's done playing for the Lakers, will want to try to get a piece of that ownership and he'll have his people already there. But I, I don't know. I like the hire with Leon Rose. Um, I think the Knicks are a terrible franchise, but I think he's going to put them in the right direction moving forward. It, it's hard to say positive things, I, but this is a good hire. You know, it, it is a good hire, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's all James Dolan. You know, you, you could hire the most respected individual in the league. You could hire Jerry West as your president, and ultimately in the day, players are going to be reluctant to go to New York based on, you know, the catastrophic situations that transpired under Dolan's ownership of the team. Um, 
Yeah, yeah Oakley singer seems to be in everything, right? And I yeah. just, I, I just don't see why any marquee player would ever want to play for that team, regardless who is the president, GM, head coach, etc. Well, players definitely not. I mean, Charles Oakley said it was like a plantation over there, mm-hmm. which is like pretty much like a Donald Sterling esque, you know, type you know, of way of owning a team and running a team. He basically wants people to look into his ownership. Like they're starting to really call out Dolan now. So we'll we'll see what happens. But it's I don't know how long he can be president or sorry owner uh, of the Knicks. Yeah, like I like to see a little bit of like maybe Adam Silver intervening and maybe you know sort of uh, fixing the situation because you know you're talking about New York City, the mecca of basketball, and you know we all know within the last ten years or so, the exception of you know that one Carmelo Anthony season. They've been complete shit. They've been a failure season after season after season. Already, let's go into the third quarter. And this quarter, we're basically going to look at one team, that not one non-playoff team, that we sort of find interesting, unique for the good or the bad. Uh, Graf, you want to go first? Sure, sure. Okay, so non-playoff teams usually here. I would go to Atlanta, but I think uh, our listeners are tired of hearing me talk about Atlanta and how much I like them. So I've decided to go actually to the Western Conference because everyone else in the East kind of sucks. And I decided to go with Sacramento. Um, Sacramento is right now in ninth place, um, right behind the Grizzlies. They're, uh, I think it's... Could have had Luka. Three games back. Yeah, they they, could have. But they do have Darren Fox. And Darren Fox is killing it recently. Um, I don't know if you've been watching, but I mean, even this season, his per is above 20 right now. Um, he's just shown so much more improvement than a lot of people that he was compared against, like the the Sextons of well, the world, I guess, here. for example. Well, I got here um, was Lonzo Ball and Markel Fultz, right, going before Darren Fox, and he's clearly yeah. emerged as the best point guard from that year. Absolutely. Honestly, I mean, well, Lonzo Ball's been good, but no, like you're right. Fox is the leader right now of this team. He, he's bringing them back. Um, plus the team itself, they're seven and three right now in their last 10. They've been actually doing really like, again, since Feb, like February alone, for example, they have wins against Miami, uh, the Lakers, San Antonio. Uh, and then again, Memphis twice, who's right now in, in the eighth seed. So I don't think Memphis is going to be able to hang around. I think they're too young right now to, to keep on that eighth seed. So I do think Sacramento is going to, going to make that push, especially with Portland being injured. But go through the lit, like, again, like, the reason why I've liked Sacramento and why I picked them is cause just because their roster is so deep and they're so young and they have so much potential in the future. Uh, obviously, Fox but is there. Bogdanovich is. Bogdanovich, Buddy Heald. Absolutely. Harry Giles. I mean, look, you're one of the people who called um, Harry Giles. And, look, single-digit minutes in December, and now he's averaging 20 in the last eight, and he's scored only below the double digits once in that time. So he's improved so much just in this season alone. And I think we all knew how much potential – someone like that had, but he's going, like you said, even Bielitsa, again, 28 minutes per game, he's shooting 43.5% from three. Um, Buddy Heald, Barnes, even freaking Corey Joseph, like the leadership that he's bringing. I I like the roster. I like how they're constructed. Um, It's weird. Everyone made fun of them, I guess, because of the DeMarcus Cousins trade and and so many other things, honestly. But Well, in retrospect, right? Buddy Heald, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, the trade. The trade looks good now, honestly. I like the trade. And uh, they even take someone like Alex Lennon. He's doing well this season. They put people in good positions. Um, I've never really been a fan of Luke Walden, but I do think that he's starting to learn. Like, really, Again, when he was thrust into the Lakers and even with Golden State, um, he was just sort of 
put in bad positions, but now he's really had the opportunity to coach. And I think it's starting to show. So um, Sacramento is my team to watch out for and the team that I like to watch on my NBA league pass. It's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I think, you know, a couple of seasons ago, they didn't really have an identity. You know, obviously their owner, Vivek Renadiv, you know, really had too much of a say when it comes to the roster. Comp- like Smart guy, real creating life. Creating the roster. Bad but, basketball. Yeah, man. yeah, absolutely. Bad basketball, man, absolutely. And, you know, uh, they have a, a solidified backcourt. You know, they have pieces. They have guys they can build around. And I think a few years ago that, you know, was an impossible thing to say before the Darren Fox draft. So good on them. Like, good on them for writing the ship, you know. Like, this, that was one of the funnest teams for me growing up, you know, the Lakers-Sacramento Kings rivalry back in the early 2000s. So it, it's cool to see another California team sort of get their shit together because the Warriors, you know, the Warriors, the Lakers, Clippers, and – you know, the Kings have been the laughing stock of California for a while. So good on them to, you know, at least uh, get some respect back in their name, as Greg will say, right? <laughs> and don't forget, Shaq's part owner. So, you know, if they start doing well, he's going to big them up hard. Absolutely. Um, my team is good and bad. Um, I'm, I'm going with the Charlotte Hornets here. Just going to throw the Charlotte Hornets out here, and I'll, and I'll explain why, Okay. Uh, Hornets, for me, were, were, were probably the worst run organization when it came to contract extensions. Uh, you know, like this season, they, they bought out Marvin Williams and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. That's combined $28 million coming off the books this season. This year as well, they're going to lose Bismack Biongo. So that's about $45 million coming off the books this season alone. Next season, uh, they have Nikolai, sorry, Nikola Batum, who's coming off a $27 million player option. And they're also <laughs> going to get the books cleared of $15 million of Cody Zeller. So these are horrific contracts. But that's a combined almost $85 million of contract space in lieu of the 2021 offseason, where it's probably going to be the greatest free agent class we've ever seen. Um, you know, they haven't been a great team, but let's keep in mind, this team is owned by Michael Jordan. This isn't the type of situation like we're talking about the New York Knicks where they're run by a dysfunctional owner. They just have make poor distant basketball decisions. I think players are going to want to go to Charlotte, one of the, another mecca of basketball when you talk about college basketball, North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, okay, et cetera, okay, yeah. and, play, and playing for Michael Jordan as well. You know, obviously the greatest player all, of all time. I think Charlotte could evolve into a sneaky free agent destination in 21. And the other big reason why I say that is that their roster, with the exception of the overpaid guys, remind me of like the LA Clippers before the season before, you know, they got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, when they're sort of a scrappy Lou Williams, six man off the bench. You know what I mean? They didn't really have a go-to superstar. They've got guys like Mikel Bridges and PJ Washington, who in my opinion are the definition of rim wing protectors you want in, in this era of basketball. Like they would be the best players to put in the Houston Rockets right now when it comes to front court protection, the four or five position, like they can play small ball. These guys, they can, they can also shoot like PJ Washington shooting 38%, you know, Bridges is shooting 35%. They're very sort of uh, Swiss army knife type of players. Um, I like their their backcourt. I obviously overpaid for Terry Rozier, but if you're having you like your backcourt, yeah. they're six men. I think Trevon Graham can be a starting point guard if you put a competent shooting guard beside him. I, I, I like this team moving forward. I think they're uh, only going to get better. And obviously they made a, terrible mistakes in the past. But I think if they make the right decisions moving forward, especially this offseason and the season after, I think you're talking about another potential powerhouse Eastern Conference when five, ten years down the road. And they're going to get a pretty decent pick this year as well. And they have five seconds. They have what? Five second round picks, apparently. Wow. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, you're right. They're going to get a good pick, but I mean, their history hasn't been great. I mean, 
I think they were banking too much on Steph Curry coming home. <laughs> Honestly, when he, before all the championships happened and everything like that, like, I don't know, you say they're a Mecca of basketball. I think Michael Jordan being the owner is like the only thing that makes them somewhat that like, I don't know. Like they're not, I know obviously New York right now is unappealing, but I still think it's more appealing for a player to go to New York and have that. What if I can turn it around than go to Charlotte and like, you know, say, what if I can make them make the playoffs again? Like, it's not that appealing. Right, but we're, we're not talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers, though. You know what I mean? We're not, you know, we're not talking about, you know, small market organizations. We're talking about Charlotte Hornets, one of the most marquee teams in the 90s. Like, fuck, man. Everyone had that sort of, like, old-school 90s Charlotte Hornets, Gore-Tex sort of, like, hoodie-less sort of zippo jacket back No the doubt. Day, Their know? jerseys are like, awesome. <laughs> no, I just, like, I... I, 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 I it, it, you know, it, it is a, a stretch to say this, but like for me, like you know, playing under Michael Jordan, you know what I mean? That might be enticing to some people. That might be like a nice challenge, like an end of career challenge to bring a championship for Michael Jordan. I don't know. Am I crazy to say that? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't think you're crazy. I'd look with the roster they have right now, though. Like they're look. I'm just going off what I saw in the Raptors game because I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched many Charlotte Hornet games and I really don't plan on doing it, but th- their backcourt is, is really fast. Again, they both see Graham and Rozier seemingly have on off games. Like they're not really that consistent. So unless they're both on, it's going to be very tough for them to win. Plus the defense in my mind, isn't really there. They play the Raptors really, really hard, but at the same time, there's a reason the record I guess is what it is. Hopefully they can hit on the draft that that's the only thing. Cause I think Charlotte right now is an organization. Um, you're right. They're getting a lot of money off the book so they can actually move forward, but they've put themselves so far back seemingly every single year for the last five years, they haven't moved forward at all. So hope there's really what I'm trying to say is there's only up to go for the Charlotte Hornets from here. Yeah, you're right, and and I think they made a very smart decision in bringing James Brego as their head coach. Uh, spent years as an assistant in San Antonio in that culture, so I, I I just see good things for this organization. Obviously, obviously, you can't get worse than how they're uh, how they're playing now or within the last couple of years. But I think it'll be interesting to see what they do within the next two years or so. Yeah, until they give Dwayne Bacon more minutes, I'm not watching. <laughs> The franchise himself, Wayne Bacon. Alrighty, um, we'll be back in one second for Greg's gripe. Alrighty, we are back for Diamond Pizza's sponsored. Sponsored by. Not sponsored. Uh, (laughs) Segment Greg's gripe. This isn't really a traditional gripe. This is more an evaluation of a list that Bill Simmons made with Zach Lowe on the Bill Simmons podcast, where basically he's figuring out who are the top 25 best players currently in the NBA this season. Um, A lot of them we agree with. A few of them we'll disagree with. Um, This isn't, again, necessarily a gripe. It's more just our peek at Bill Simmons' Top, it's a top 25. We're only the top 15. We're going to start off number one, Kawhi Leonard. Greg, do you agree or disagree? Oh. This is based on just... Because uh, they said it's based on this season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just... You you got to go with Giannis. So you got Giannis one as a substitute over... Over Kawhi, man. Like, I would flip Kawhi and, and, and Giannis because Kawhi hasn't played... Like consistently enough, but like if you're talking about like raw ability and like what you've accomplished over the past year in basketball, Kawhi's probably Kawhi right now. 
has the, has the throne in that he's he. Well, actually, I think that LeBron is still king because Kawhi didn't beat LeBron straight up. So but we're if, making revisions to it. Let's do this. Right, like like. So right I, now you got Giannis number one, LeBron two, and Kawhi three. In terms of this season's performances, yes. Okay. So so that's different from saying like this guy won the championship last year or. Or this guy won the All Star Game award this year. Like those aren't. We're talking about in game, in game performances. Bucks have been an absolute powerhouse yeah, the entire season. That's from what I mean. Start to now, Kawhi. You know, obviously he's been an incredible player of the season. But especially been, Paul George, slightly injured. But you know, he hasn't played every game. He is exactly, resting. He's yeah, gearing up for playoffs. Why, right. So that's why I would drop him a bit. And then I'll put LeBron there too, especially with the assists. Number four, he had Anthony Davis. Do you have Anthony Davis above the names James Harden, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Damian Lillard? Luka Doncic or Jason Tatum? I think so. I do. Yeah. I, I. It's hard not to, right? The the Lakers have been so successful. His numbers are are pretty insane, right? Like I'm pretty sure he leads the league in blocks, right? He's got high rebounds. He scores very high. Scores at a great percentage, right? He he changes the game defensively. He's a freak athlete. So I I think it's fair to put him in that top five. Yeah. <sighs> It's it's tough for me. I, I I'll stick to this. This is your list. We'll compile it together and we'll look at it afterwards. Well, well no. Alrighty. Would you, would you? Who would you put in instead of uh, instead of David? You know what? There's so many great names on this list. It's very difficult for me to do this. I'm just going to chirp you regardless of what decision you make. Alrighty. Let's solidify our top five right now. The names on the board still are James Harden, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Dame, Time, Jason Tatum, Luca, Yochik, Lowry, Siakam, Bam Adebayo. And the question is. Are we moving any of these people around? Are you keeping him at five, my friend? James Harden, right? Yeah, I think I think you do. I think you do. Uh, you know, he came out on such a tear, right? Regardless of the style of basketball, right? Regardless of the style of basketball, uh, you know, they're not winning as much as some people thought they could, uh, but they're still winning at a high clip. They've especially got it together now. Jay, right, he's he's just kind of taken a bit of a step back to allow Westbrook to get it going, right? And he, you can't necessarily punish this guy for that. The reason for me he's below the guys that are in front of him is because he doesn't bring the elite defense. Like he, I don't think he's as bad of a defender as people make him out to be, but he's not a, a an elite defender. All those other guys in that list that we talked about are all plus defenders like especially Kawhi Giannis and and Davis at this point in their career those are like all NBA defenders and even the guy after James Harden what we have Joel Embiid right you go in Joel Embiid Paul George Dame Dame Lillard Tatum Luka you got you got Embiid number six that's all yes I I think I do because my god I never thought for a second you'd be nut hugging Bill Simmons this month he no look man I a I respect his basketball acumen uh, as do I, I respect Zach Lowe's, and I can see why they have him here. He's the most unstoppable physical force in the league. You saw it in the All Star game, right? But we didn't see in the playoffs. <laughs> well, he's got, uh, but I think he was guarded by one of the best post defenders um, of the past, you know, few decades. Like Gasol's no no schlub out there. Alrighty, this is when it gets kind of sticky. So we got number seven. Uh, he has Paul George. I would drop that based Paul on Paul George, Dame Lillard, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Yochik, Lowry, Siakam. Who do you got up there? I would, I would shift Paul George 
down significantly because of how many games he's missed. Like I don't even know. Okay, so we got number seven. Who is at number seven for a year now? Paul George missed some time with injury. Not, don't think he deserved the seventh spot. Dropping down the list. Do you move up Lillard, Tatum, Doncic, Jokic, anyone <laughs> in the Raptors? I'm biased, right? Like so you're going Luca. I you know the you know he's trailed off a bit, but in terms of 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 talent, like. I, I think he's a top 10 player, and they, they have him at 11. I would probably sh- take Paul George out of that top 10 because of how he's played this season hasn't been quite top 10. I think Damian Lillard probably deserves to be number 7, though, because he was lighting it up. Just to uh, casually throw this out to you right now, uh, Jason Tatum so far since February has averaged 30.7 points per game, eight rebounds, three assists. He's shooting 48% from three on nine attempts per game. So just just toss those numbers out there. Alrighty, let's keep the list going. So number seven, you got Dame Time, Mr. $55 million player option. Lillard moving down the list at number eight. Who do you got, man? You got Paul George. I know you got him dropped the bid. Jason Luka. Tatum, Luka's number eight. After after Damian Lillard, I got Luca. Yeah. This is what I want to see. I want you to cut this fucking list apart. Yeah. Make your own Toronto sport matter. Toronto basketball yep. matters. Top fifteen best players currently in the NBA. Yep. So number nine, let's give a list right now. Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi. We got ADF four, Harden, Joel Embiid at six, Dame Lillard, number eight, Luka Doncic, and number nine. Who do you got? Jokic. Wow. Aggressive. Aggressive. Oh, you got Jokic. Jochik. Over Jason fucking Tatum. Interesting. I, I do. All right. That's that. Because I think you could build. Like, that's you, not Boston hating you right now, but whatever. Um, no, the Boston hate's about to come out now. And then I got Pascal at 10. You got. Oh, alrighty. So Jason Tatum does not make your top 10. You got him at uh, 11? I think Siakam's better than Tatum. So right now, the names Siakam that we have omitted. it on both ends of the court. Like, 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 yeah, Jason Tatum's a better shot creator and maker. And that's a premium. Uh, and, and I think. Uh, you know his ceiling is higher, and you know you could argue that he is a a better player. But I think that what Siakam brings you in terms of energy and defense and in transition, I got uh, I got Siakam, and then you could put Tatum there at number eleven, or even Paul George, right? Like just who do you slipping. got, Tatum or George? I'll go Tatum above George because to me, like I don't think George should even be this high. He hasn't done much this year. So do you put Paul George at number twelve above Bam Adebayo? Kyle Lowry. Bam Adebayo isn't in my top 15. Russell Westbrook, Middleton, Jimmy Butler. So I would put... Brad Beal, I would move Simmons, Westbrook. Zion. I would move Westbrook like... Well, I would actually like sub out Paul George for Russell Westbrook. If so I, who do you got at number 12? Let's go Westbrook and then Lowry. Lowry at lucky 13? Yeah. All right. 14. The, oh, then, expl- explain yourself. Explain yourself. Well, why Lowry? I think for the same. Why thing- do you have Lowry above? Oh, let's say. Bam, Bam. I don't think Bam's that. A, like he's played good this year, but uh, he hasn't had to lead that team. I think Jimmy Butler should be in this over Bam. So you're gonna put Jimmy at 15 or 14? Sorry. Y- yes. And who is rounding it out at 15? Paul George. Paul George. Yeah, I put him at the I, end. I'm there. just going to throw a few names in there and tell me if they're better than Paul George or sick with Paul George. Okay? So, again, but. So, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Brad Beal, Ben Simmons, Hold Kemba Walker, okay. Zion, Jamarant, Murray, Brendan Ingram, 
Rudy Gobert, Brogdon, Oladipo, McCollum. So look, well, definitely not Oladipo. Um, Shea Gildas Alexander. Nah. Okay. Look, he, here's the thing, right? Zion. He, here's the thing. Paul George has the talent to be on that list. It's just that he hasn't shown it 100 percent this year. So it's all about like what measures you're you're using, right? But I would uh, I would put. Jimmy Butler in there. I would also consider putting Chris Paul in there. I think he's led again. It may not be tangible. You got, you got one spot left, homie. You got Chris Paul. You got Paul George. I heard you drop a couple names. Hey, yo, you know, let's drop soccer. Paul George, man. Drop put Chris Paul in there, man. Put some respect on on Chris Paul's name. Well, we were that, kind of discussing earlier, like kind of like framing out ideas of how we can do our gripe today. And I think one of them we wanted to talk about was the underappreciation of Chris Paul. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Like for the most part, I agree with this list. I I personally really? personally. Have one flip, and I would put Tatum at seven, and maybe move Dame over to eight, and just drop so everything down. Let's afterwards. be clear, I, you know, as the the viewers of this uh, listeners know, I have a deep, deep hatred for the Boston Celtics. Okay, so any and and I got no. I think Tatum's a great player, but I just have like a block, a mental block, and when I could put my own guy above. Jason Tatum, I will do that. Alrighty, so we got Giannis Antetokounmpo number one, LeBron James number two, Kawhi Leonard number three, Antonio Davis at four, James and Harden at five, and Joel Embiid at six. You just so said Antonio Davis. Antonio. Antonio Davis. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. So number six, not hugging Bill Simmons, kept it the same. This is when it gets interesting. Number seven, Dame Lillard. Number eight, Luka Doncic. Number nine, Yochik. Number ten, Pascal Siakam. You have Nikolai Jokic over Pascal Siakam. If Denver offered us Nikolai Jochik for Pascal Siakam, Shred, would you take that trade? No, because I like Siakam. However, so how can you rate Pascal? Ugh, better like season. It's I not. Guess? It's yeah. not a. It's not a. Well, last year Jokic was like a top five guy. He just came in like super out of shape. So Jochik nine, Pascal ten. Yeah, like 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 the uh, He's like a franchise cornerstone. Like he, the whole offense runs through him. Like we just saw him put up like. You know, like they basically went at each other and Jokic mm-hmm. out- outplayed Siakam, right? We got Westbrook at 12, Lowry at 13, Jimmy at 14, and Chris Paul at 15. You and know honestly, what the big thing I take away from, sorry, just what I take away from his list? Yeah. Like the universal love for Kyle Lowry now. You know, look yes. at this list. Like look at the point guards on this list. He's the third best point guard on this list behind James Harden and Damian Lillard. That's pretty fucking impressive. Well, because the word is out, right? Like, I, I mean, it's not out completely and there's a lot of like... You, they, the Raptors still get that disrespect because Lowry is our best player and he's not a like conventional star, right? Uh, like the shot maker, the 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 flashy moves guy, but he's a winner. And the bot and that's the like the name of the game is to win, right? And and he just gets your team extra possessions, right? And and he makes such smart plays. He's in tuned to the game on a level that most people aren't. Like if you really watch Kyle Lowry, right? He's 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 uh he's within the game, within the game. Alrighty, we're gonna finish this pot off with one last thing, and that's Greg's proclamation that he respects and admires Bill Simmons. I do. I, let's not, you know, hey, man, the pod father, right? You know, you got to give respects where it's due, right? And the fact that he's putting Lowry and Siakam on this list. If this was, because I remember years ago, man, well, Lowry well, wasn't on these lists. Well, he did tiers, right? And he's older now. He tiered it, right? And he Which created, is good. He created a specific tier for 12 and 13, or 11 and 12 for us, Siakam and, and Lowry. Just specific tier to show respect to our team. So, uh-huh. got to give it to him. I would, well, it's going to be interesting to see down the stretch who gets that second spot, eh? Because that's going to determine... 
like who's going to the Eastern Conference Finals versus who has to play the Bucks early, right? Yeah, hoping hoping we get the the Brooklyn Nets uh, in the first round. Alrighty, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. Uh, hope you guys have a fantastic week. Peace out, T Dot. Goodie. Got it!